We know that we are compelled by Christ to move beyond just these four walls as a church. And we want to be a church that continues to look beyond our walls with the love of Jesus to bless the socks off this community. And as a church, we feel led to be a church that is for the good of our city. And for all of us this morning, we are in week four of the in between. And we're looking at those thin space moments. Some of these moments that our students are probably going to get to experience on their trip. We're looking at those thin space moments that just help us to engage with the really real. And we started this entire journey off a few weeks ago with this idea of that initial engagement, the spiritual handshake, what we called the front door experience on thinking about how to live our lives through the lens of love and how to potentially even get to a place where maybe we could hand out healing and freedom and forgiveness to people without even saying a word. And then in week two, John sat us at the dinner table and we talked about the guest list and how God is in control of the guest list and what do we do when we bump into people that we don't even really want to see and we chase the goose and match the moose and it was a wild morning. And last week, Bill, he took us into the garage and he helped us to navigate the clutter that can get on our souls and he helped us to even start to integrate our nefesh. And for this morning, we're going to situate ourselves in the kitchen, in the kitchen of the inn, which is actually the heart of our inn and what we prepare for people. And these experiences that we have, again, what we call these thin space moments that kind of just exists all throughout the in-between, so much so that you could almost just pluck them right out of the atmosphere. They actually lead us, they direct us straight to the heart of our inn which is that kitchen. And as we get going, I just want you to think about, imagine your favorite food, what it tastes like, that, that mouth-watering, that kind of party bus for your taste buds. Think about that food, imagine it. And now I want you to go to the aroma. What does it smell like? That you're, I don't want to start any family risk, but we all know that one best, that best cook in the family when that person's cooking and you walk in the house. Before you even see their face, you can smell that aroma and know who's behind it. You know who's cooking. And as we have this heart check this morning on the kitchen, the heart of our inn, that's what we're looking for because the kitchen is where we prepare every taste, every sound, every feeling that someone is going to engage with, with us in our inn. And that aroma permeates our entire inn and that entire experience that people have with us. And what's happening is, our aroma, that is precisely what lets people know exactly what God is cooking up in our lives. And that's why we want to spend this time today leaning in, understanding how that works in this experience. And the reality is these, these moments, these thin space moments, they can be tricky because sometimes they'll hit you out of nowhere. Sometimes I talk to a few people and sometimes it's almost like, you're experiencing it while you're living it. It's like you're outside of yourself, watching yourself, and it's over. And now you're just like, wait, well, like, 
what was that? But also like, can I get more of that? Like it can be tricky when we're engaging, we're dwelling with God and he's letting us into this healing and this freedom. But even as we assist others and maybe we have an opportunity to essentially roll out the carpet of that healing in between experience for someone else. And in the moment, if they can't even fully remember it, there's been a lot of details even about these. Oftentimes people's experience is so vast and so deep that they start putting it together a few hours or even a few days later. So even when people can't remember everything, they can feel the change and they understand that they walked into an experience one way and they walked out totally different because there's something that happens when our energy and our essence engages with people. And oftentimes that's even stronger than the words that we say in our interactions and what we get into. That's why our aroma is so important because when you lead out and that aroma of healing starts to touch lives and change lives and engage, we get to be a part of something that only God can create. And the reason why that energy is so important, even though we don't hear about it, think about it and talk about it a lot, the reason why that energy is so important is because our hearts are constantly sending out signals. Sometimes we know, sometimes we're aware, sometimes we are not. But what's happening in the energy field is real. Even getting to just a data point, a statistical point, the energy that your heart emanates into the electric field, it goes out, it stretches, it expands out as much as 10 feet outside of your actual body. This quite literally means that people are bumping up against your spirit and your energy and your essence way before they even get a chance to actually engage with you and have that conversation. So what are you setting? that energy that's going out in front of you, that heart handshake that's happening all the time, whether you know it or not. What are you offering up to people? What are you setting up for people with your heart energy? And on a lighter note, this is why sometimes you may be at a store, you may be in a line and you're just standing there doing your thing, maybe talking to a friend and out of nowhere, you're just like, ooh, like, I don't mean to be rude. If I end up being rude, I end up being rude. I don't mean to be rude, but I don't think I can stand next to this person. I'm feeling it. That energy is off. That aroma is foul. I'm not talking about the other aroma. I mean, that happens too. Y'all can figure that out. But that actual energy, that energy aroma is foul. I can't do it. And we joke, God, I don't want to get too hard on people because people are going through things. People are carrying burdens. That's the entire point of the morning, we don't know who we're bumping up against. That's why this in-between experience and idea is so important because as we get even better at dwelling with God and stepping into the space that he has created for us to engage with him and have heaven and earth, heaven and earth overlapping, not only do we experience and hopefully we get to lighten our burdens and carry not such a heavy load. Also, when we're out in the world and we're engaging with people, we just may be able to help that person lighten their load because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know how heavy those burdens are. You don't know if you're going to engage with somebody that's got that hunchback energy. Maybe you can be a part of helping them straighten up and walk in what God has prepared for them.
And even thinking about the heart and the brain matters. Both are important. They totally matter. But just looking at data, the heart is up to 100,000 times stronger in the energy field, electrically, than the brain. Up to 5,000 times stronger magnetically. This means this heart is out here doing real business. Your heart is representing you in a way that you may not even know, which is exciting, but we also have to be careful about it. This is the reality. The heart is out here making moves and speaking for you. That's why in week one of this whole in-between experience, we started with this idea from the mouth of Jesus, this idea that love is the ID, love is the calling card of Christianity according to Jesus. They're going to know us by our love. Maybe this is a piece of what he was getting at. Our hearts are going to go out in front of us. Our hearts, the kitchen in our end, the heart of our actually in, that heart is preparing these experiences that people are engaging with just to, just to bring it home. What's happening right outside that front door has a direct reflection on what all of our hearts do inside these buildings. And when you're preparing these experiences for other people, when you're navigating the in-between, it's the same way. We talk, we want about what can we do even practically to have those hard conversations, the difficult ones, the ones that you don't want to have, but you know that you want to have. We talked about potentially inviting people into our in, into our in-between space to have that conversation for healing and freedom, and that's a great thing. But before we go and have that combo, we need to make sure we prepare our hearts. Because how unfortunate if my mouth communicates the absolute best words and then my heart destroys everything that I just said, usually unintentionally. The reality of what's happening in this field and how it's stepping past even our verbal communication. I understand it's a little bit different. It's not easy. A lot of us don't naturally think this way. That's okay. We just want to be aware. We have to have awareness. We have to understand what's happening in the field and what the heart is doing. Because like we said, we're, this is a heart check and a preparation moment. We're coming out of the heart of the end. But if I'm not aware, then I can't prepare. Oh no, I got bars. That wasn't even intentional. But if, we, if we're not aware, we cannot prepare. We can't prepare the things that we need to prepare for the people in our lives if we're not even aware of what our hearts and our spirits are doing and what they are emanating. As I was thinking about this morning, I had a chat with a couple of friends and only one responded, I guess, to some stuff I got to do in my life. But the one that did respond, I was asking, like, hey, I'm talking about this thing. How many times have you engaged with this in real life, whatever? So, so one of them said, yeah, man, like, you're, you're doing a, a church space. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, cool. I have, I have a story for you. It's not good or bad or in between, but been friends for a long time. We, so we share honestly. He's like, yeah, man. A while ago, I was going to this, this church, this Christian organization, and just doing my thing, walking around, living my life. Walk past to see that, you know, the doors open. They're having an event, inviting people. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go in and check it out. So he walks in. Great signage, you know, like, welcome, you're home here, you belong, all the right stuff, all the stuff that we love. I was like, man, they're off to a great start. Hope you had a great time. He's like, stop talking. He's like, I get it, I'm fall back. 
He's like, I walked in and I realized that as beautiful and wonderful as the signs were, I actually wasn't wanted in that place. As soon as I walked in, I started bumping into energy that let me know this actually isn't a space for me. It said it was a space for me. All the banners were correct. The name tags were great. Everything looked great, but it wasn't for me. As soon as I got in there, I was like, oh man, this is interesting. I love, oh my, you guys are talented. I love those singers. This praise and worship is great. You're preparing great things for some people, but you've prepared disdain for me. Engage with another person. Oh, you've, you've prepared disgust for me. And you just sprinkled a little bit of invitation and a little bit of welcome on top of the disdain and the disgust. And unfortunately, that's something that can easily happen as a miss. Now we know that the world's the world. There's always people who just want to be rude and mean and be jerks and do stuff. That exists, but primarily, even this gentleman that's telling the story, he didn't tell it to me with attitude or anger or bitterness. He was just like, yeah, that's just what it was. So I did my thing, popped out, kept it moving. He probably manages his energy well. It seems like it. But the point of this was that from his account, these people weren't trying to communicate such things. They weren't trying to push people out. At least that's not what he felt. He just knew that their hearts didn't want him in there. And that's what we need to be careful about. That's why it's so important that we're having awareness around what this heart is doing because we can do such a great job. We can prepare our words and our strategy and our signage and our language. We can prepare it all so well. And that, those are great things. Those are not bad things. But if I spend all of my energy over there and I don't set any intentions, especially the right ones, but any intentions for my heart and my spirit as I go to engage with this person, then I can unintentionally be communicating death as I'm saying I'm trying to give them life. And we just want to avoid that as much as possible as we try to dwell with God and partner with what God is doing in this world. That's why we're doing this in-between series. It's just practice and preparation for dwelling with God and doing our best to receive what God offers us. So then we can step out and operate in the aroma of love, live life through the lens of love. So that way, when people do bump up against our energy and maybe we have a chance to chat, maybe we don't, they understand that we've prepared love for them. We've prepared joy for them, compassion for them in partnership with God and dwelling with God, but we're tapping into what God offers us so we can give this out in a bigger, better, and even more palatable and impactful fashion. And even as we think about this and talk about this, Jesus spent a little bit of time dealing with his own followers and intentions and preparation. And I'm going to take a look at this. In John 14, 2 and 3, Jesus is talking to his apostles and he tells them, my father's house has 
many rooms if that were not so. What I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, then I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. There's a lot of meat in here. We're dealing with something that contains context and imagery. And a lot of the context is just around this actual dwelling space and dwelling place of God. There's also the reality that through the crucifixion and the death and resurrection of Christ, he's going to actually fulfill the last step in the plan of God's kingdom. And and Jesus is actually going to bring the crown and the kingdom of God into fullness. So that is strong context. That is what's going to happen. We're we're looking at just the actual reality of Jesus going to prepare a space for us to be with him and to be with the Father and us to be together. And the reality that even with these rooms, sometimes it gets translated as mansions. And in this context, it would just be whether it's a mansion or a room, it's a room, it's a part of a house and a dwelling. But even as we're thinking about the reality that not only is Jesus making room, he's also letting us know there's plenty of room to dwell with God. There's abundance there. There's so much room in that dwelling. And not only are we a part of it, we get something specially prepared by Jesus for us to be with us in the Father's house. We're also looking at imagery, cultural imagery. A lot of this stems back to ancient Jewish betrothal tradition. When you have a potential groom who would become betrothed to his eventual wife, he literally would go and begin to prepare space, a place in his father's house for them to dwell together and be together with each other in there's father's there in his father's house part of me one of my favorite things about this passage though from context to imagery is the distinction between leaving and going we see Jesus talking about I'm going to prepare a place for you we see the potential room here going to prepare a place but neither of them have left In this marital example, these people are are literally bound. They have not consummated yet, but these people are bound. He's still with her. He's just going ahead, going to prepare the new, the next, the fulfilled, the great thing. And even when I think about my own heart and goes for preparation, when I think about the lives of all the people that we may interact with, maybe the ones sitting next to you, the ones you don't even know yet, I'm so encouraged by the distinction between leaving and going. Because I have so many people in my own life, I don't know the status of all of your hearts in the building today. Maybe you're at a space where you're like, I feel like I felt God in my life for so long. We sang earlier about the goodness of God, the faithfulness. Maybe you felt like you felt that goodness and that faithfulness for so long and now you just don't feel it the same. Maybe you don't feel it at all. I don't know where you are. But as you're in that moment, I encourage you to lean into the difference between leaving and going. It's quite possible you're right in the middle of a moment where God is going ahead to prepare the next 
thing for you, the next level for you, the next experience, even the next dwelling for you, with you, on your behalf, where you get to go and be with and experience God in a better, fuller expression of yourself and in that relationship. Because it's not in God's nature to leave. It's not in the nature of God to betray. I encourage you to lean in and just trust that faithfulness because he's already prepared so many great things for us to receive. Maybe we walked in them, maybe we haven't, but that is the whole point of us understanding this dwelling when we're talking about God and God's kingdom and God's reality. Wherever God dwells is a space where you can find healing, freedom, joy, truth. And what if we could even begin to partner with that? What if we even set our hearts on not just what goes out, but preparing ourselves for what God may even be doing for me, what may even be coming? What if we leaned into our relationship with God, even based on the nature of who God is? What if we woke up in the morning expecting the next prepared thing for God? We're talking about hearts and energy, even in our own hearts, even with our own energy. What would it do for you to wake up and before you even get out of that bed, set your mind on the next thing, the expectation? God, I don't know what's coming, but I know your nature. I know, I know there's something coming. It may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be next year, but I know your nature. What if I started preparing myself for what God is and has prepared for me? That's why this space is so important because we're literally practicing how to get better, hopefully, at dwelling with God. And that's a position issue. We don't do it. We don't do the work. God does it, but we position ourselves to get there, by the way looking at our imagery, this betrothal, this wife-to-be, she's not just sitting there doing nothing while her groom-to-be is going and preparing that place. She's getting ready. She may not even know fully what the house looks like, what the room looks like, but she's getting ready for who she's going to be with, for that new experience relationally. She's getting ready for what could be on the way. And as we think about our lives and navigating this in-between space full of all these thin space moments that literally redirect and change the course of entire lives, what if we set our minds on preparing for what's next from the ultimate preparer? Because our goal is to take and receive all of that abundance, blessing, healing, freedom, truth, compassion, and be able to engage with it because we need it, but then be able to turn right around and share it. We've talked before about loving our neighbor as ourselves. That's how we walk it. Can we receive it? Because the reality is God's abundance is not just for us. It is for us. It's not just for us because Believe me, when you dwell, when you've had an encounter with the living God, even the residue is impactful. 
When you encounter God, when you dwell with God, the residue of that experience can change things. That's why this is so important. That's why our heart posture and what we do, who we engage with and how we move, that's what's so important because that's what real power does. When you are in community and presence with real power and you walk out, that residue is changing things all over the place. A couple weeks ago, John made some references to holy ground. And <laughs> i tell you this much. You come out of a dwelling with God and the place where that encounter happened, you guys can move on. That residue is still there. You better believe if there's, if there's a reader, if we can pick up and we can track with energy, once you move on, God takes you to the next thing, he goes to the next thing, we go check that reader. There's still something happening in that place where God was and where you were able to dwell with God and have that experience. That's why we want to lean in so hard. That's why we want to just be a part of what this is. Because what would our lives look like if we became walking representations of that residue? Not because of us, not because we're great, but because we found a way. We leaned into what God was doing. We went into the in-between and we offered ourselves up to dwell with God. And he allowed us to encounter him in a way with, with a magnitude that was so potent that we walked around and we're just like, hey, I, I think you might, at least for these next few moments, I think you might be walking residue in that encounter. You just may be experiencing people coming up to you and say, hey, I just, I just gotta say, I love it when you come around because I feel more at ease when I'm near you. I love it when you're in this space and I'm in this space because for whatever reason, I feel encouraged when we chat. And you'll know better, you'll know this is great, this is awesome. I'm so happy for you. You know it's not you taking that and just giving to them of yourself. You'll understand you have residue. You've been dwelling with the God of the universe. And so that residual is affecting people all over. What, what if, even to make this fun, what if you came out of King Supers and you're in the parking lot and the cashier checks you down and you're like, what, did I forget a water? You're like, no, you left some joy at the counter. You're like, what? It's like, yeah, I got this joy. Do you want it or you want me to keep it? It's like, you can keep it. I, apparently I got enough, right? What would it look like? You go pick up your food, you're dipping out. The next person steps up in that line and they're just like, oh, shoot. I came here for chicken, but I think there might be some healing at this counter. What's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, man, that, that person right there, they pretty much found a way to dwell with God. They're giving you that residue. What does this look like? What if we out here just... Chucking, chucking out touchdowns, touchdowns of healing, dipping hope. Can't even hold your pockets in. Everywhere you go, you out here just littering hope all over the world. Cause like, you can't, you can't pull up. You can't pull up. You got too much hope falling out of your pockets. I don't want all that hope today. You're doing too much. I'm fine, fine. We'll go somewhere else. But this is, we're, I'm joking, but this is what this could be like. This is the power of the living God. This is why we're doing this series. We're not talking about the in-between because the language is cute. We're talking about the in-between because this is how you change the world. And that's what we're after. For the good of the city, that's, this is what we're after. And that's how we get there because that residue is so real and so potent. And it's not of us, but we get to participate with it. We get to be a part of it. And what a joy for us. What an amount of pressure that it takes 
off of us. Because this is about practice and preparation. People don't feel these things on us because of us. They feel these things on us because that's how residue works. That's how real power works. And if we can even just look at our intentions of our heart, the more we start to prepare our hearts with love, the more people take it. Because the reality is the people in your lives, the ones close to you, the ones you barely meet, the ones that you meet out the doors that just caught that aroma from your heart, from your kitchen, and they barely caught it and they peeked in and they caught a little bit of freedom. These people that you engage with, what you prepare determines exactly what they receive. This is why we're trying to get even better at this. This is why all of us, the ones speaking about it, all of us, we're trying to figure this out. We're trying to dwell with God even better because we understand that what we prepare is what they receive. So we just want to be in a space where we can be with God as much as possible. For hope. So hopefully I'm preparing what he prepared. That's the goal. There's no pressure here. We just want to live life through the lens of love. We want to offer up this love. So hopefully... We're preparing that love. We're like, I don't even know if I prepared that love super well. And they're just, okay, it's fine. But I just needed some encouragement. So I was actually able to feel that love. Don't feel the pressure. Move on. And let's keep preparing our hearts because that's who God is. This is what God wants. This is what God is already doing. There's no pressure on us. This is what God does. This is who God is. Why wouldn't we try to partner with it? And as we said week one, even when we do this at our own detriment, even when we sacrifice to a way that we feel like we won't ever recover, there's still healing in there for us because the residue has impact. When we extend ourselves and we do what we can to help somebody and it's inconvenient, pardon me, inconvenient and it's sacrificial. Even on the other side of that, God looks up and he's like, ooh, you really stretch yourself out on that one. Thankfully, I'm here. Thankfully, this is what I do. Thankfully, I'm ready to step into that because I am God. And look, some of you may have experienced this, the reality that this concept that we're leaning into as much as we want it, as much as we're going to practice it, because it's not easy, as much as we're going to practice literally just waking up saying, God, I set my heart on preparation, set my heart on love today, God, for anyone that I engage with. Set my heart on empathy, God, for anyone that I engage with. I know that I can't do it perfectly, but I know this is where you already are. Lord, please set my heart on joy, even when I have to deal with that person that I don't want to bump into, even when maybe when I'm trying not to bump into it. Set my heart on joy and, and, and compassion. So that way, even if I'm too nervous or even if I can't even talk to that person in the moment, they feel that off of me. And they know that regardless of what the sign says, I do want them here and I do love them regardless. And as we practice this, as we practice it in the spiritual, I just wanted to let you know a really good way, at least that we found to practice this, is even in the physical. This is something you can do even in physical space. I remember when I was growing up, little dude, somewhere between the ages of six and nine, one of my favorite rooms in my house was my dad's office for whatever reason. There was so much stuff in there, computer, things on the wall, just 
random stuff, really. But when I walked in that room, when I got a chance to play on that computer, when I was in there, I had more wonder. For whatever reason, like I felt sophisticated. I was like six. I felt sophisticated. I was like, I'm so official. I mean, this is an office, so I guess you would feel official. But I was like, I got it. Like, I'm the guy in here. It just expanded me. I was a totally different version of myself in that room because that's what was prepared in that physical room. I don't even know if it was prepared for me, but I went in there and I got it. I got that residual. It probably wasn't even for me, but I got it. We can prepare these things. As I got a little bit older, the workout room became my favorite room. I was an athlete and I was like, ooh, I can go in here and get encouraged, see some actual progress, set goals. It eventually led to a feeling of empowerment because that's how the physical room was prepared. Later on, it became a game room. We had a projector. You're getting the point. What we prepare matters. Yes, in the end, because we're trying to attach with God and dwell with God and hopefully let that overflow into others and be, just be an extension of what God is doing and healing and freedom for others. We want that. And that's why we create our end. We try to invite people into it. But even in the physical, we can prepare ways for people to engage and have an experience they never could have imagined. And one of my favorite things about this practice is as we do this, as we try to prepare things for different people and different personalities, it forces us to adapt. It forces us out of our comfort zone. It even stretches us a bit. And in the beginning, it can be a little bit like, ooh, is it it worth me going all the way over here to prepare this one serving of love? Yes, it is. And the more we do it and we start to stretch, eventually, we're uncomfortable so much that we become people who are a little bit comfortable being uncomfortable. Then we do it more. Then we become people who can just exist in a realm where we can be comfortable being uncomfortable for the good. And that's called a growth spurt. Now you've tripped yourself into spiritual growth spurts. And now you're not just invitational, you're inspirational because you're leaning fully into what God is already doing. And that's who God is. So if it's hard for you to step into this broader, this spiritual space, I I would encourage you to start with the physical. And as we do, I want to just take a couple minutes and just show you an example of a way that this can work. Go ahead and turn your heads to the screen. We're going to take a look at the video. So last Saturday, we had three honored guests that were coming to our home by the names of Marcus, Dustin, and Aaron. And... We figured they, these are important people that are coming to our home, and so we wanted to make the atmosphere as clean and pristine and prepared as we possibly could. So Shannon and I happened to be outside getting some things ready, and, and we came in, and as we came into our house, we noticed that somebody in the area must have been smoking marijuana because the, the waft of marijuana had made its way into our home, and that was unacceptable. We couldn't even imagine having our guests coming in to the smell of marijuana, so we quickly went over and we started closing up the windows, um, turning on the air conditioning system, and getting the house ready, uh, getting the smell out. We still had a few hours before our guests were gonna come along. So we started working on getting the smells out, and then Shannon, as Shannon always does, she started getting the preparations done. She got some plates out, some silverware out, did some uh, food prep before they arrived and she started setting things out to give herself a little bit of a head start, just anticipating their arrival. And then she decided to go down and take a nap. And during that time, 
I was like, well, I'm gonna get the fish ready. And so we had bought this beautiful piece of salmon, a big piece of salmon for, for them. And so I took the salmon out and I started preparing it. And as I was thinking about our guests and thinking about the environment, I kept just asking like, God, just prepare this space and this place. Fill it with joy, fill it with goodness, fill it with peace so that when our guests come, they get to experience you and we get to experience connection. So I got the fish ready, put it away into the refrigerator and then decided it was still a couple hours before they came. And so uh, I love to go on my favorite spot on the couch to get ready. And I wanted to get my spirit ready and my heart ready and me ready for my guests so that I could be fully present with them. And so I sat down and just for a couple hours, did some reading and prayed and quieted myself, um, just anticipating the fact that these three beautiful humans were coming to our home. And as they arrived, we were ready. Shannon and I were both in a good space. The marijuana spirit had left the home and joy filled this place. And we just had a beautiful evening of connection and love that filled this house. So we did our part to prepare. God did God's part to prepare. And the three of them, we had a great evening of connection and joy. So it's important to prepare the place. It's important to prepare spaces within ourselves when honored guests are coming to your home. Yeah, I think we can clap for that. Joy filled this space. And I just, I just thought we had to watch that video because I loved the language that John used. We did our part to prepare and God did his part to prepare. That's what we're looking for. That's what this entire series, that's what this morning, that's what the heart of our end, that's what the kitchen is about. We're just trying to figure out how do we do our part to prepare as we know God is gonna do his part to prepare. And as that preparation happens, now we're walking around with healing, freedom, compassion, joy, life-changing encouragement, support, and engagement for the world. And as I encourage you, I just want to pray for us all as we lean into this. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to just be in a space where we can freely take the time to love you and worship you, but also engage with you and try to help each other figure out how do we dwell with you better. We know that your dwelling is all around. We know wherever you look at God just going off. We know your dwelling is all around. How do we dwell with you? How do we be a part of what you are doing on this earth? How do we bring our preparation to match your preparation for your desires for all of your wonderful imagers? We love you. We thank you. And we pray that you all have a great week. Amen.